You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to the podcast and connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org. May you be blessed by the hearing and reading of Scripture and the meditation on the Word. Have a good day. This time I may have actually fallen, Shanna, not because of anything I did, but because the stool went out from underneath me as I'm trying to get a little bit comfortable uh, to preach. I'm okay. Nobody freak out. Will you do me a favor? Where you're at, wherever you're watching this, I want to invite you to close your eyes. I want to invite you to take a deep breath with me. And let that breath out. And invite the Holy Spirit in. And let it out. Lent is a time of practice and intentionally working towards growing closer to God. And we all do that in our own unique ways. Uh, Some people are fasting, some people are um, reading more, some people are praying more. Um, I hope and pray that during Lent you take a specific approach that whatever you do reconnects you with God. And so ask yourself, whatever your Lenten practice is, does it help you grow closer to God or is there no connection whatsoever? And if there's no connection whatsoever, then I invite you to ask yourself, what do you need to do to reconnect? And so as you think about that, I, I encourage you to take that um, Lenten prayer reading, daily scripture reading seriously. Whether you bought the devotional book or not, just those little bits of scripture you read can shape and change your perspective. And so our Lenten and scripture journey is through the Gospel of Mark. That's the lectionary text during the season. It's, it's my favorite gospel, and it tells the story of Jesus in a unique and special way. I mean, and, and one of the reasons why I love the Gospel of Mark is Jesus doesn't putter around. He doesn't wait. He takes action. And he does this with the end in mind. Jesus knows that he only has a short time to work towards the cross, to move towards resurrection, and to inspire and equip people along the journey. And so through this journey of Lent, as we make our way through the Gospel of Mark, remind yourself we're doing this so that way we can grow closer to Jesus and learn from him. Because Jesus knows where he's going. And if we follow him, the miracles and the things we'll see along the way will shape and change us in the way that leads to life. And so as we think about this story to tell, the gospel reading, if you, if you jump back to, to Mark 1, uh, the beginning of this gospel begins. The beginning of the good news is about Jesus Christ. This good news is the gospel, the story that we are called to share and tell. We have a story of faith to tell. And so let's dive in this week to our scripture reading to hear what the gospel writer is speaking to us today. 
Our reading comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Listen to these words. A man with skin disease approached Jesus, fell to his knees, and begged, If you want, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand, touched him, and said, I do want to be clean. Instantly, the skin disease left him, and he was clean. Sternly, Jesus sent him away, saying, Don't say anything to anyone. Instead, go and show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifice for your cleansing that Moses commanded. This will be the testimony to them. Instead, the man went out, and started talking freely and spreading the news so that Jesus wasn't able to enter the town openly. He remained outside in the deserted places, but people came to him from everywhere. This is the scripture of faith for us, the people of faith. Thanks be to God. Amen. So this is an interesting story. We see Jesus and, and a man that had some kind of skin disease. We can assume leprosy, because that's usually what we, we're already there. Your brain is already there. It's a man that has leprosy. Why? Because we're so used to that in, in the scriptures, aren't we? And so for those of us that are um, biblically attuned, what does that mean for this person? He can't be a part of the community. He couldn't come to church. He wouldn't be able to eat with friends or family. He'd be a social outcast. And I think here, knowing this, one, most of us that have read our, our Bibles know that that's, that's a big no-no. If you're unclean, you, you don't go around religious folk. You don't go in the community. And so here's this red flag. We have this person walking towards Jesus. I can only imagine what the disciples were thinking, you know, and there's only a few of them at this time, because remember, we're just starting out in this gospel. I can only imagine as this man kept coming closer, I could imagine Peter and James and John getting a little bit like apprehensive, like, oh no, what's going to happen? If he touches Jesus, what's going to happen? Because they haven't seen any miracles yet. Keep in mind that we're really fresh in this gospel. And so Jesus and this man, they, they have this interaction. And, and depending on your translation of your Bible, if, if, you, if you jump um, there to, to verse 41, uh, I, I read it as he was filled with compassion. The Common English Bible transla translates that word as incest. The, the real, if you like dug down and dug into it, Jesus was upset here. He was angry. He wasn't angry that a man came up to him who was dealing with the skin disease. He wasn't angry that, that um, obviously this man didn't understand the rules and, and, and proper ways of, of being in life and in faith. He was angry at the system that had been created of keeping people out. Because Jesus was about everybody. And so he was angry, and, and so the man comes up to him, and, and I'm sure the, the real reason, was, like the real like, conversation is, what do you need? Because isn't that what we ask anybody who comes up to us? What do you need? Think about those, those people who may come up to us in the grocery store parking lot and say, well, you know, 
before they can even say anything to you, you say, what do you need? And so Jesus says, what do you need? And the man says, look at me. I got problems. And I'm sure the disciples are sitting there, yeah, we all got problems. But he had a skin disease. And he fell to his knees and begged Jesus. He fell to his knees. He entered a posture of worship towards Jesus. And he begged him to heal him. Because he knew he needed healing. He knew that in his heart there was something special about this guy. Because Jesus didn't walk around with uh, an LED soundboard behind him saying, Hey, look, I heal, I teach, and I save. Nobody knew about what this guy was doing just yet. And so they have this interaction. Healing is needed. And he says, just reach out your hand. Jesus calls him just to reach out his hand. And so imagine him. Now, you know, if I were able to, I would get in this posture for you. Uh, just imagine yourself being like on your, on your hands and knees in an attitude of worship. And all Jesus says is, reach out your hand. So the man reaches out his hand and touches Jesus. I do want to be clean. I do want to be healed. I no longer want to be an outcast. Okay. You're healed. But here's the part that we all struggle with. Let, let's be honest. We struggle with this, this secret Jesus when, when we have a healing in the Gospel of Mark and Jesus says, don't tell anybody about it. Like, we struggle with that. Because wouldn't we want to share the good news of what happened? I mean, really, wouldn't we want to share that we've been healed and we can come back into society again? Because let me tell you, on Wednesday when the doctor says you can get off crutches for good, I'm going to have some kind of celebration even if he tells me not to tell anybody, if I could burn them, I would. <laughs> we want to celebrate when we have healing. And, and that may not be just a physical healing from an ailment. That may be like a spiritual healing. When, when we feel that presence of God's love, mercy, and grace, when it falls down on us, when we, when we feel that earning within us to recommit our lives, and, and, and well, we don't know what to do with it, but we should share how our faith touches us and changes us. We have forgotten what it means to share our story and our healing. We've become so afraid that this world's going to say, oh no, that, that didn't happen. It didn't happen that way. This world has become so skeptical because there have been times within the church where there have been those things where we know that the guy that was throwing up his crutches was not really the real thing. We know that there have been times where healing has occurred and a person has changed their life only to fall back in within those vices. And so we question the healing of God. But what if we open ourselves up to the possibility that the healing is a new beginning? And yes, we may fall back in, and, and we, we may get sucked back into those old vices, because let's be real, that, that struggling with vices and addiction is not an easy thing to make it through. That we can't do this alone. And we have to lean into Jesus even more and seek and ask for that healing. So Jesus' command here is one, I think one of the reasons why we have this messianic secret, 
because it happens throughout all of Mark's gospel. I think one of the reasons why, and scholars, like, the, the literature on this is, like, crazy on why Jesus is this way. But I think, looking at the gospel of Mark, Jesus knowing what was coming at the end, he wanted to make sure that everything he was doing was going to make a difference and not to be overwhelmed. Because could you imagine? Now granted, it happens, doesn't it? Not only does Jesus not able to come back into the community, because when Jesus comes back into the community, everybody knows, like, hey, that's the guy that healed the guy with leprosy. We all need to see him. Because wouldn't we all want to see Jesus? Wouldn't we all ask him for healing if we knew he was right there with us? Granted, he is. But wouldn't we overwhelm him? And it would be difficult? And so, of course, he tells him not to do this. Instead, he, he encourages him, go and, and do the right thing. You've been cleaned. Go show the religious leaders. So that way you can come back into the community. That's why Jesus tells him to go tell the priest to do this. Not to give, a, a, not so that way the priest can like at the end of the year sign it off on his end of the year reports of how many people did you release in being cleaned. It, it was so that way they fulfill the law of the land. And so that way the priest will say, yes, he's back in. But let's be real. The man was healed. He was overcome with joy and excitement. And so what does he do? He goes and tells it on the mountain. He doesn't just sit back and kind of like, all right, I'm going to go to the synagogue, and I'm going to find the priest, and I'm going to do all the right things. He's overcome with joy. He's overcome with excitement. He's overcome of what the possibility of life will be. And so he wants to share that good news with everybody. And he's not afraid to share it. I think that's the one sad thing about the church that's broke my heart. Is that we've become so afraid to share our stories of healing that we don't talk about it. Only in closed circles, through emails or text messages. Healing hasn't stopped. Christ is still at work today. God is working on you and through you and calling you to healing. Because we all need it. We have something that's, all of us have something that's ailing us. And when we bow down at our feet and we reach up to Jesus and say, we need healing, I believe Christ will be there. And it may not be the healing that you want or need, but it may be the healing that God sees necessary for your life to make you whole. And so this week, I want to encourage you not to be afraid to share where you see healing or share where you see growth or share where you see struggles because we need to do that too. It's not all good. 
but be willing to, and this is the thing, like on mission trips, this is the one thing I have to admit, I've missed the last couple of years, so we haven't really gotten to do it, is asking that question, where do you see God? And, and as we go about our week throughout the, the mission trip, I think about those papers and how the, where we see God grows and grows and grows because we become more comfortable with it. What if we do that in our daily lives? Where we see God at work in this world, where we see healing, Maybe it's not on us. Maybe it's maybe seeing it in the news. But we need to share healing and give glory to God in that and say, yes, God did that. So this week, I invite you to share your story and not be afraid. Be like this man who, who was overcome with joy, that he was willing to go out into the world and share that he had been healed and he's back in. That's how transformation occurs. Because your story can inspire other stories. Now think about that. This story inspired others to do the same thing. And it has for almost 2,000 years now. And so we can't be afraid. Mary Oliver, in one of her poems, has this really great line. Instructions for living a life. Pay attention. Be astonished and tell about it. The good news is not for something for us to hide under a bushel. The gospel needs to be shared. It needs to be modeled. So pay attention. Be astonished. And share where God is at work doing amazing healing things and you'll be amazed at how that changes your attitude on life and faith as well. So be open for healing. Jesus is calling. And so I invite you to stand and sing with us um, our next hymn, I'm Gonna Live So God Can Use Me. And so let's stand and sing that hymn. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. We hope you have a good week, and we ask that you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you and have a good day.